All right, welcome back. It's mid-season. The Three Dudes, One Who podcast is back in action. As always, I'm Mike. I'm joined with my boys, Benny and Easy. And we got a good mid-season kind of update episode, talk about the NBA, where it stands now, pick out a couple teams that we like. We've been gone, but now we're back and we're ready to, to get it going. So um, I think we want to start with some news Uh you you know you you guys may have heard about the Kyrie Irving situation. We've talked about it here on this podcast before. Kind of our thoughts about you know him being a part time player. Uh, he's come back since our absence. He's uh, been playing again. And the latest news today is pretty interesting. It sounds like uh, the Nets are willing to absorb the fines that will come from the state of New York, or I guess the city of New York City, um, for him playing in home games, which really aren't that much. So if I'm not mistaken, it starts at $1,000 for the first game. That increases by $1,000 each game until the fifth game. And from the fifth game to infinity, it's just $5,000, which if you think about it, it is really not that much. So um, it's kind of a crazy situation. Uh, what do, what are your guys' takes on it? I feel like, you know, I guess it's worth it from a, you know, a, a dollar sign perspective, right? Like, why not have this guy play, attract more guys to your, you know, attract more fans. One courtside ticket pays for the fine and more. So, you know, why not? Benny, if you want to give your take on that. Yeah, I mean, it, it could only help to have Kyrie Irving. Patty Mills has been, he's had a good season, but obviously there's an obvious upgrade when you throw Kyrie Irving into the lineup. It's just, I guess, and it doesn't look like they're going to have chemistry issues. At least the games that Kyrie Irving has played, him and Kevin Durant have looked good together. And I guess Harden is here, is here and there still. It's just that the biggest thing that I want to see, I guess, as their games go, because they can beat anybody, but kind of like my biggest gripe with them throughout the season that I've mentioned to you guys on earlier podcasts is that they haven't really, maybe they did and I missed it, but I haven't really seen them beat a good team at least from their games, they haven't beaten a team that's content. I guess I saw Cle- I know they beat Cleveland earlier, but I haven't really seen any other team that they've beaten that's really good besides, I guess, even even like a Philadelphia or something, which I don't even like Philadelphia like that. But So it'd be like kind of when Kyrie Irving comes in, if that could finally is what puts them over the, the edge against second, like, even though in the Eastern Conference, like Chicago, Milwaukee, Miami, they haven't beaten any of those teams this season. So that's kind of what I would be looking for if Kyrie Irving is back for real. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, they they played uh, Milwaukee just the other day, and I believe they lost that game, didn't they? Or... Yeah. Yeah, they lost. yeah, so, you know, we still have to, haven't seen them beat a good team. Kyrie should help with that. I mean, easy. Where does, where does that put them in your mind for, I guess, their finals hopes or just up against these other top Eastern Conference contenders? Yeah, so first off, if he ends up playing the rest of the season, I'm going to have extreme regrets trading him from my fantasy team. Um, (laughs) So that's number one. Two, I think that they need Kyrie um, if they're going to beat these teams. I think we saw last year Kevin Durant was carrying way too heavy of a burden in the playoffs to the point where we thought they actually had a chance to beat the Bucs. And just that in itself is already impressive enough because the way the Bucs were playing last year, we can all agree um beating that team was going to be insane like that that's a really difficult thing to do um so I think they definitely need Kyrie I think they need Kyrie more than James Harden personally um Mm -hmm. just based on what we've seen from James Harden over the years in the playoffs and stuff like that um I'm not sure you can really count on him consistently to win you games I know that I can at least rely on Kyrie to win games um at least in playoffs we've seen it at least the the smaller sample size of playoff games we've seen Kyrie we know that Kyrie can perform Um, And it also takes the offensive burden away from uh, James in terms of scoring. Like he could be more of a playmaker, which he has naturally become now. So I think they need Mm -hmm. him for the rest of the season. I don't think they're going to (laughs) pay every game for him to play. You get what I'm saying? Like, it's not going to be every home game. Like they're just going to pick and choose their spots. They're going to let him rest. They're not going to like overdo it since they're a top four team in the East, you know, and for them, that's not really going to matter that much. And if anything, being less time in Brooklyn might actually be better. Like, sorry, they don't have to pay the fines or they can have more time with Kyrie on the court. So like from a standpoint, you kind of want them to play, but only play the games that are actually important to see where your team is at. So like, for example, like if they have a home game coming up against the Heat, Bucks or Bulls, I would say, yeah, you want Kyrie to play that game so you can actually get a measure of what your team is. But Mm -hmm. if you're playing Detroit, 
I'm not going to pay for Kyrie to play against Detroit. We're not going to prove anything if we play against Detroit. So I would say play him in the games that matter when you're at home, um, or at least the games that like you think are going to be a barometer for what your team really is. Um, it can only help them. It can't, it's not going to hurt you to have Kyrie Irving on your team. It's just not. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think from the standings perspective in terms of like thinking about, okay, what games we want to play him. And like you're saying, um, so when you look at it, it's not just evenly divided between home games and away games that he would be able to play in. Cause there's a, a lot of States that also have similar mandates to New York. So like, you know, they have games against Golden State coming up, Sacramento, even Boston, um, you know, he can't play in any of those games. So from a certain point, you have to start thinking about, okay, you know, they're four and six in their last 10 games. They're two and a half games behind the Bulls right now. If they want to, and you know, uh, the Heat are on the tails, they're a half game behind. So if you want to maintain home court advantage through most of the playoff run, where you're going to, you know, you're willing to pay those fines that we're talking about, you, you know, if, if you're playing against Boston, I don't know how that fine system works. I don't know if the Nets have to, to pay those fines if they want Kyrie to pay to play in Boston or if the Celtics would have to play because it's their arena. Um, so it's a kind of, you know, you have to really, I think, go all in now to secure home court advantage through the East. So, you know, I think it makes sense for them to, to do this. Um, it's going to be really interesting if they do play uh, Boston in the playoffs or, uh, you know, if they make it to the finals, if they play the Lakers, how that's going to work out. Is he going to take the vaccine? So a lot of question marks there still, um, even though it seems like he's playing more and more, it's still more questions that are coming up. So something to keep an eye on for sure as, as the season goes by. I agree with your points, though. You know, I think that he they're better off with him. You know, I think we all agree on that and it'll help their other players uh, kind of take the load off. So we'll see where we go from there. <clears throat> but um, I think we'll go talk about another newsworthy thing that came out this week is uh, all of a sudden now, if you want to get Ben Simmons, you got to get Tobias Harris too. So <laughs> <laughs> I, hope, I hope there's a team out there that's willing to take on that salary. Uh, clearly the 76ers don't want that salary anymore. So uh, what do you make of this? I mean, it's like yet another evolution of the Ben Simmons dilemma. <laughs> Um, now it's a Tobias Harris dilemma. I, are there any suitors? Do you guys see anybody who would be willing to make a trade that large? I mean, you're basically like restructuring your entire core as a franchise if you're trading for those two players. The salary's too much, and they're committed for a few more years. So, uh, what are you guys' thoughts on that? If the report about Atlanta wanting to trade for Ben Simmons hadn't come out, I probably would have wouldn't have thought that there was a team that would be willing to take both those contracts. Mm. But I guess just based on the hypothetical that it's Atlanta, um, we were talking about it off pod, but I guess to basically recap, at least what I think, I don't think that this makes them even a top three team in the Eastern conference. If they had like that, we're assuming, okay, they'd probably have to give up John Collins. I don't know what else, whatever it makes the contract. You gotta give up Gallo, uh, yeah, contract exactly. salary. And then you're probably gonna have to get rid of, um, one of these other bigger, oh, yeah, one of maybe one of the younger guys too. Would Reddish be involved? I don't know, but Herder, I don't know. Probably maybe. it would probably have to be Herder because he's the yeah. one that's extended with the salary money next year. Mm. So you can't like you can't pick you can't put Reddish necessarily just because his salary just doesn't match at all. Um, yeah. there's no extension in the works, so you would have to literally get and for that trade. To, I don't even know, bro. I think it's John Collins at twenty mil or around that salary, right? And like. Gallinari, I think is that like 15 a year, like 16? I think it's a little higher, but so, yeah. So like, imagine, let's just say 20 and 20, you have 40 mil. You still have to find a 25 mil to just make that trade work. Like, yeah, that's right. so the trade hard. machines, the math ain't mathing on that, as they say. Yeah. Maybe Bogdanovich, I guess, have to be thrown in there. I don't know what he makes, but. And like, at that point, are you even like, like if you're Atlanta, are you even winning that trade? Like that's point? that's what it comes <laughs> yeah, down to, right? That's, that's what that's yeah. why like it wouldn't even make them a top three team, at least in my opinion. I'm guessing you guys agree. It wouldn't yeah, even yeah. make them a top three team in the Eastern Conference because you let's just even if we go based off a of starting five of Capella, Trey Young, Ben Simmons, uh, who was the other one? Tobias, and then whatever random guy, I guess Delon Ryder. I don't even know, <laughs> but <laughs> whoever's left, <laughs> I, I I wouldn't pick that team. And then obviously their depth would would be even worse than what it is now. I, I wouldn't pick that team against any of Milwaukee, Miami, or Brooklyn. Yeah, and you'd be committed to Ben Simmons through, you know, 2023, 24. I think that last year, 24, 25, I think that might be a, an option. I'm not really sure. But... And then it's three 
ball handlers, ball dominant players like Ben yeah, Simmons, exactly. Trey Young, and uh, and Tobias Harris. Yeah, I mean, would they be thinking of maybe putting Ben Simmons as like a Draymond to Trey's? Would Ben Simmons want to do that? Would he he even want to do that? Is he that type of player? He He could do that, that, but would he want to, right? Is that even like a winning formula, though? Like, like with Draymond, it is. But with Ben, it might not. Like That's the thing. It might. We have no idea because he's Mm -hmm. never wanted to do anything else, you know? I mean, I can't even blame him either. I can't even blame him for not wanting to do it He wants to play what he wants. He wants to do what he wants to do. But Right. Like, he has, like, if you put Draymond and Ben Simmons in the same room together and you're saying who would you want to command an offense more you would say ben simmons like it's not yeah. like he should be doing what draymond does like you can't pigeonhole him this early in his career um the reason we did it with draymond was because we knew he could never shoot so and we're not saying ben will ever learn how to shoot but ben could do a little bit more on the court offensively than draymond i see draymond throw the ball out of bounds like three times a game so <laughs> yeah and draymond he, takes and more than like five dribbles i'm nervous yeah, yeah and he's still a good playmaker <laughs> but you know he's just not the playmaker ben simmons is right um so yeah, yeah, I just don't think Atlanta should trade <laughs> like that trade at least. I agree. I I don't think it it, it it there's so little teams that I think it would make sense for. I think I think Atlanta, I can see it happening just because out of desperation, right? Last exactly. year they had they like made they should the probably make a move for but I don't know if that's Correct. the one. Yeah, I, I just don't exactly to your point. I don't know if that's the one. And you know, where does that core go in the next three seasons? How does that move forward? You know, it's 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 kind of hard to see, but you know, uh, stranger things have happened. Uh, it it could definitely happen. Um, poor De- poor Tobias, I guess he's gonna have to be stuck <laughs> playing with Ben again somewhere. Jimmy <laughs> Butler smiling. Jimmy Butler they picked both these guys over me, and now they want to get rid of them. <laughs> yeah, no. What's funny about Atlanta though is that, like everyone last, it's just crazy how perception can change so quickly just because of you know what we see now. But, like, last year we were watching Atlanta in the playoffs and the conference finals, and we were like, oh, wow, like, this is a really great young core. Like, this is what you build around. And, like, we're fast-forwarding now, like, seven months, and we're like, oh, like, you need to make a trade. And it's like, oh, wait a minute, what happened to that young core? Like, I thought that young core was actually going to be something, and it's like, that's not how this league works. Like, if you're a contender, you cannot keep a young core for that long unless, like, they develop astronomically to the point where you just accept it. But I've yet to ever see that happen. Like, if you want to win in today's league, you just have to make moves at the highest point, which this goes back to what I always say about the Heat and all these other teams that, like, know when their window is. If you have a window, like, you go for it. You don't wait. Mm -hmm. And Atlanta's window was last year. You could call it a fluke or whatever you want, but that was the time to make a deal in the offseason. Like, you don't make the deal once you start playing bad. You make the deal when you think you're one piece away and you elevate. It's the same thing that happened to the Heat when they made the finals. I said, if you make the finals and you have a window, you make a trade now. You make right. some sort of move now. You don't wait a year, and that's when you make the moves. Lucky for the Heat, they were able to still get a guy like Lowry. But you know what could have happened a year earlier? We don't know. And that's my and, entire point with these teams. Right. This is going to be like to your point about last year being a wasted year for Miami. This is going to be a wasted year for Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and Trey Young strikes me as the type of player who's impatient. And I think we saw it. I think uh, it was the season before last when they signed Bogdanovich. Um, he was really pushing for more veterans in that locker room because for years and years it was just rookies and just your random players that didn't have a lot of experience or no veterans, basically. And I think he's the type of player who, like a LeBron, like a Dwayne Wade, like you know these other stars that have has ownership's ear, and I think they're willing to listen to him or at least willing to, to appease him and, and bring in players. Um, but like we're saying, it's, you know, is he, is this may not be the right move, right? So it, I think it'll come down to what he wants to do. Yeah. I think if he really wants them to trade for Tobias and Ben Simmons, they probably would. Um, yeah. But we'll see. This, uh, this is the other idea I had. Um, and I don't know if it even helps Atlanta, but it might alleviate Atlanta from that burden a little bit. Mm is you do a three-team trade between Philly, Indiana, and um, Atlanta. What you do is you send Ben to Indiana because they want to do a reset. They have Mm -hmm. the chance to build Ben Simmons, but they don't take on another big contract for a power forward, small forward, like a Sabonis, right? Right. So what you do is you send Ben to Indy. In Atlanta, you send Tobias because you don't want to lose. You you want to get some type of scoring. You throw in Gallo and you throw in Warder or something. 
And technically that's an upgrade. I think we can agree that trading Gallinari yeah. and Werder does make them a better team if you have um, Tobias there, right? We yeah. agree on that? I would think so, yeah. I would yeah. think so too. And then what I'm thinking is that um, Philly has to get some sort of variation of players from Indiana and um, Atlanta. You got to, you know, I would assume it would have to be Gallo, Werder, and maybe Sabonis at that point. You have to trade one of those big guys. Yeah. It has to be yeah. either Sabonis. It's got to be Sabonis. T.J. Warren. It's got to be Karis Levert. It's got to be one of those three. Yeah. Um, it, could it's got to be could be Brogdon. Honestly, should be Brogdon if you're getting Ben so. Simmons. So let's say let's call it a Brogdon, um, Brogdon to Philly, um, Ben to Indy, Atlanta to Tobias, and then like the side pieces you would have to figure out because I'm assuming at, at Philly would want more, knowing Daryl Morey, he's gonna want more. <laughs> yeah. So. Assume that it would be Brogdon and a couple other pieces. I think that would benefit all the teams just for the simple reason that Atlanta's getting another score that they're going to mm. need. Um, Ben's getting the reset in Indiana. Not sure Rick Carlisle's the coach for that, but <laughs> um, rest in peace. And then Philly <laughs> is going to be getting Malcolm Brogdon, who is a highly intelligent point guard, great ball handler, and gives them a little bit of um, a little more presence in the backcourt for the playoffs. Yeah, I like that. I think Indiana has a Sabonis Turner problem that probably will be solved by by sending out Sabonis. I don't know if they could really get anything of value for Turner in return, or yeah. if they would want to trade Turner at this point. Um, and Philly, I mean, if you can turn this situation into Brogdon and a couple other pieces and Gallo, and all, yeah. that's a big time win considering where they are right now in the Ben Simmons value game. Yeah. So I, mean, I would agree with would that. Would you guys say that Philly is all in right now? They have to be, right? They have to be. Ben beats you know, exactly you know, too good. And right. They they have they're fifth right now. They're not that far now, off. I like what Michael was saying about team, so. these players having an ownership's ear. If anybody is yeah. gonna be in that office, it's gonna be Joel Embiid. Yeah. But what's interesting is that this. like that's like you would think Embiid has that kind of ear, but it's been years that they've been dealing with this and nothing's happened. Yeah. Like I think they're you, stuck a part of it, you know, like they, they just haven't been able to make a move. Right, but how much is it like them not being able to make a move and Daryl Morey just like just not accepting anything and like at the expense <laughs> of another year of Joel Embiid? Like he's like, yeah. you know what? We're gonna at get that point a better you have to deal. trade Embiid then because I don't think Embiid would want to have him for another rebuild. up for the next. Yeah, you know, they're not gonna years, trade Embiid. So I, I, I don't like, think it's gonna happen. Like, like Embiid is gonna express frustration, but he hasn't done it to the point where like he's like, no, I want to trade. Like he has no, like, not if, done that type of thing. Like, are you, are you the, the hypothetical you brought up? Like, if or your question as if my question is, how much pull does Embiid actually have in that franchise? I, I would imagine they, they got Jimmy happened. Butler because of him, I'm sure they probably right. got Tobias Harris, but they also well. kept Ben Simmons over Jimmy Butler. Yeah, yeah, that's so like, he, <laughs> so like... he he's at the point of his contract where he's definitely like he's he's too early in his extension right now to really have any leverage because you, you can't threaten to leave when you're owed, you know. 30 next year, 42 the next year after that. Are we sure you can't because Ben are we sure because Ben Simmons is doing a pretty good job of that? Yeah, <laughs> but you know, I, I guess he'd have to do everything that Ben Simmons did. I, I don't see Joel doing that, but um, you know. No, because like the reason was because easy you 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 asked first, like if if Philly's all in. Mm. Yeah, like, like my, I think my that if, was, if they're not, I don't think Joel would be to want to be there, is what I'm right. To say. So I agree right. that they're there's they should be all in, like that should be the mindset, but like that makes me question if Joel Embiid has any pull with this organization and what they do, because oh. you can't be all in and being like, you know what, we're going to wait on an offer for Ben Simmons. Like, no, you take the best offer you can. Like, yeah. yeah. And like, I That's get true. that maybe they do it in the trade deadline. Maybe I stand corrected, but mm. to me, this has been way overdue. Like literally the moment the series ended, a trade should have happened. Like yeah, 100%. get it out of the way. They gave now up it's on even worse. organization. Like hundred yeah. percent. We thought the value of Ben Simmons could not get any lower than it was after that series, but somehow it has. Like somehow they've made a made it a way to market their player as worse than what he did in the playoffs, <laughs> which is to me is like yeah. an insane thought that like any team would want to do to their player. Like it's insane. Never underestimate Rich Paul's willingness to just fucking tank your franchise for one of his guys. <laughs> like he will do whatever it takes to they met today, oh, apparently. On. Rich Paul with oh, uh, really? yeah, the, yeah, with Philly ownership, I think. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm imagining it with Daryl Morey. To so I guess we'll see what cool comes out from that. Oh no, yeah. do you know what they said no. that the, that nothing has changed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm so, guessing they have a list of teams that they want to go to, but you know it's up to Daryl Morey to figure want? out how to. Yeah, that's I don't a, think dude. Ben Simmons has a right at this I don't point. Think, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I don't think he can yeah. choose where. <laughs> I don't I think he's not, gonna get a choice. If he ends I, up in Indiana, I don't think he said, "I want to go to Indiana." <laughs> he probably would not be happy to play in Indiana. So that's the thing. So Man. yeah, a lot of moving parts for that. I mean, you know, just to get off a trade with these two players, it's probably gonna have to be a three-team trade, which are not easy to, to do in the NBA. A two-team uh, trade just doesn't make any sense for the it, team. It getting... just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I yeah. agree with that. Yeah, you need you need to attach staple assets to players and move them around. Yeah. I'm gonna have to assume Maxi would or Maxi or like some sort of other guard's gonna have to come out in that Maybe. trade too. And like if they lose Maxi, then that's that would suck. That would but, suck because he's been he's been good for them. Um, and they really wouldn't have a good point guard. Like they would have to get a Malcolm Brogdon in return. Right, that's what know? I'm saying. Like, yeah, I just have to assume that like if you're trading Ben Simmons and Tobias, like the team that's taking on Tobias needs to get something, mm-hmm. right? Like Tobias isn't exactly a world beater and worth no. the money he's getting paid. Yeah, he like, has barely a, a third contract. option. Yeah, like barely. Like you don't want him as your third option. Yeah, I, I, the thing is, if you train for Tobias Harris, you, are you are you a contender? You're trying to be a contender. It's it's strange. I guess if they trade Maxi, they still have Curry, or would Curry? Well, they that's, that's Curry. guard. Yeah. That's guard. Yeah. yeah, he's not really a ball handler creator. Yeah. Yeah, like that's fair. when you would actually need Brogdon. Like you would need. Yes. You oh would yeah, need yeah, Brogdon. for sure, for sure. And I think yeah. Brogdon's just coming back from injury. Yeah, like today. today. So, but that was an Achilles, and we know Achilles. So. <laughs> so it's you know I I guess that's one reason why they'd be able to get him just because yeah. his value is a little bit lower because of the injury. They just signed um, Tyler Johnson, so they might be set. Oh no, they're good. <laughs> Forget about it. <laughs> but uh, oh, yeah, so a lot of moving parts there. You know, three teams trades are not very common in the NBA. So it's you so know hard. we'll see we'll see. Um, but I think uh, I think that does it for the major news items and, and kind of yeah. those stories we wanted to talk about. Uh, we'll see how they develop as as the season goes on, and we reach All Star break. But there's a couple of teams we want to highlight that you know I think are definitely out outperforming their expectations um, and are just really hot right now. So uh, we have one in the West, one in the East. I guess we'll start with uh, the Memphis Grizzlies. Y'all know I'm a I'm a Grizzly stand. Love the Grizzlies. Um, grin grind till I die. So uh, we got to talk about John Morant. I mean, this guy is borderline all nba first team uh you know type of season that he's having crazy efficiency numbers uh he's he's 20 he's 24.9 we'll call it 25 points a game uh he's shooting 53 percent effective field goal he's shooting 38 percent from the three all those are career highs um is he a first all well let's start here the the grizzlies right now trying to look at the standings they are fourth, at, sitting at number four, three and a half games back from Phoenix. Do we feel like this team is a legitimate, not a finals contender? Because I don't think any of us are, are saying they're better than the top three teams in the West. But are they, can they make a run? Can they make it interesting in the playoffs? Can they keep up this hot streak that they've been on? They're 10-0 in the last 10 games. Um, can, they, can they stay hot, get a high seed in the playoffs? actually be a be a team that makes things interesting or difficult for some of those top teams do we feel like they're a legit team is my question if if the matchup is right to your point about a playoff yeah. run like right now they're fourth fifth is dallas if those two stay the same then definitely i would pick them to beat dallas after that it gets a little after that probably not like because they would have to play, I forget how it would work. They would they would have to play Golden State, it, I think, or something, or Utah. I don't know. Whoever wins. Yeah, whatever. they'd have to play, I think, Golden. Uh, no, they have to play Utah, and then it'd be, I guess, either one or two. Okay. The, yeah. Yeah. So, either way, I, would, I, would, yeah. I wouldn't pick them to beat those teams. Um, the the roster's nice. Obviously, obviously, John Moran is having a very nice season. All NBA. I would probably put him at All NBA. I haven't really looked at all the other point guards, see how they're doing, but mm-hmm. it would be tough to find one that's having a better season statistically and just impact wise that John Moran is having. Um, a deep playoff run for the team, probably not. I wouldn't go there, but yeah, it's it's still a good team. They're having a good season, obviously. Yeah. What about easy? Whew. I might. I might be a hot take here. He's the second best point guard in this league. 
Uh, that was gonna be my next question: Is where I wouldn't where disagree. Point guards in the league. Like, I wouldn't disagree. I'm, I'm looking at the teams right here. You can say Kyrie, but like Kyrie has to play basketball games for me to consider him a good point guard. Yeah, and he doesn't. Okay. So I mean, it's just just not gonna happen. Um, I'm looking at all the other teams. Steph is better. We can agree on that. Yeah. Um, Luca, if you consider him a point guard, I guess. That's the thing Luka. with with the positions is a little difficult. And, right, you know, I guess. Jokic, you can say, is a fucking point guard on offense. Right, but I, I'm saying <laughs> yeah. for like the purpose yeah. of the exercise, I'll call Luca a point guard. But other than right. that, who else am I looking at here? Like, like, He's definitely, I mean, and Chris Paul, like statistically, the numbers aren't that right. great this season, but he's definitely, you know, his impact yeah. on the court, I think, is immeasurable. But, but I would I say. Think I, would, I would put him over. over yeah. So I would say the impact John Morant's had, even though his team is yeah. one without him, the impact John Morant has on a court, the kind of gravity yeah. he attracts from defenders is is becoming. And mm-hmm. it, it wasn't mm-hmm. always like that, but it's becoming something that, like, I, this is insane. Like, it's actually going to be an insane yeah. career arc. Because I remember – at least Leva and I, I don't know if Benny, you were in these conversations too. I didn't think John Morant would be like this. Like, mm-hmm. I, I didn't think he could be like this. I didn't think he would have this kind of ability as like an all around player. I thought yeah, he would I be a streaky think guy. Be so efficient. Exactly. Yeah. Right. But like, I guess like the different things that are getting my attention, like now of all things is like every year he's gotten better. And every year I watch him on the court, like I can't stop looking at him play. Like, like sometimes he'll be like, like a few years ago, maybe he wasn't involved in an offensive play as much. Maybe he was a little bit detached, but like he is going like full throttle. Like this is a guy on a mission now. Like he has officially entered the chat and been like, okay, yeah, you know what? I'm here. Like we're going to do something. Absolutely. And, yeah. He's, he's taking the next step. And I think what's also helping is that his team has also taken that identity or if anything, he's adopted the identity of his teammates because all his teammates think that they are the best player on that team. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, I, I don't true. even. It's it's actually terrifying. Dylan Brooks might think he's the greatest scorer of all time. Uh, Desmond Bain is like a low key Clay Thompson now, like a younger Clay Thompson. Not not saying obviously Clay Thompson, but like literally what Clay Thompson was in the beginning of his career. Um, shit, I, like who else can he? Jaron Jackson has been on a great streak recently, and he's mm-hmm. showing what he can do as a big from like flexibility standpoint. They have Stephen Adams as a solid veteran in the center paint that doesn't even have to play a lot of minutes, but he still makes an impact on the boards. Tyus Jones, one of the smartest point guards in the league who barely turns the ball over as a backup, which is all you can really ask for. Kyle Anderson plays multiple positions. Um, you know, like, there's just, you look up and down the roster, Brandon Clark, DeAnthony Melton, that I can't help but feel like this team does have a chance to make some noise in the playoffs. Like, I, I really, I really think so. Um, if we're talking about it from a standpoint of, like, who are they going to play? And, like, matchup-wise, I, I think they beat Phoenix. Um <laughs> Personally, ooh, that's hot I, take. That's a yeah. hot take. I, that's personally, hot take. um, in a seven game series, I don't know. I mean, we saw Phoenix last year pull it off, but like, I think they have again. Like, I'm not so confident in these teams this year to like play well for a long time, like in the playoffs. I'm just right. not confident in that. That's I mean, all teams, I, by the way. For this, for this year, I think Phoenix is still would get the better hand, um, just because I think they they have a lot more depth than than the Grizzlies do. Um, and you know, the experience and all that, they've been there. Um, but something I wanted to hit on, and I guess it kind of goes hand in hand with what I'm saying. So obviously for this year, I think I would pick Phoenix, but going forward, uh, looking at the Grizzlies roster, they're not committed to any big money aside from Jared Jackson beyond the next season. Obviously they're going to have to give Jaw like the max, max extension and all that, but the highest paid player right now is Steven Adams at 17 mil. He'll make another 17 mil next season. And that's it. So they have a lot of really good flexibility. They have a ton of young guys on rookie contracts. Um, So if you're a GM, like you're salivating over an opportunity like this to really build a contender with really good pieces, Dylan Brooks, uh, you know, Jaw, Jaron Jackson, um, you know, uh, Anthony Melton, those are those are the guys you really want to build around. Brandon Clark as well, um, but none of them are making a ton of money. I think you can kind of sign a couple more players here and there. Who now the question is who wants to actually go to Memphis and play a full eighty-two? Uh, that's kind of the question. You know, can they attract anybody? They've always been a small market. Um, they've always had trouble attracting guys. But I think Jaw is the type of player who can probably bring yeah. somebody in. Um, yeah. You know, if they're smart, they can make good trades, keep drafting well. 
and really build out of contenders so that way going forward. And when you're talking about a Phoenix who's getting, older, I wouldn't be shocked if like a sorry, I wouldn't, no, I wouldn't be shocked ahead, yeah. if that like a Carl Anthony Towns really wanted to leave Minnesota if if Memphis would call Minnesota. I, I mean, I, I think they could, they could at least make it interesting for, for in terms of a trade offer, right? They can make yeah. it interesting for these other teams to really consider making a move to get an asset from, from Memphis, right? You may be overpaying, but, you know, right now these assets look good. And if you're a GM for, for Memphis, you, you got to strike while iron's hot. So, you know, going forward, I really like this team's chances against the a Phoenix or a Nuggets going, you know, thinking two, three years ahead of time. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I think I agree with what both of you guys had mentioned earlier to my original question: Are they a legit finals? Not not finals contender, but playoffs contender? Probably not this year. But going forward, I mean, you got to really like this team. Yeah, no, I'm I'm still going with my bet here. They're a finals contender, not to win it all, but to make finals. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sorry, I'm looking at this West and it's shit. Like, it's actually, <laughs> it, it, I'm I'm being honest, like. But you're not thinking of against the Warriors, though. You're not thinking of against the Warriors. I mean, should I? Should I not? I mean, they just beat them. They beat them (laughs) last year in the play-in. They beat them every year when it matters. John's part owner of the Warriors, like I was telling you earlier. (laughs) But I don't know. In a seven-game series, now with Clay back and everything, I I don't see it happening. I I don't know. It's uh, yeah. I I kind of. I think Benny dropped off the Zoom. Yeah. Yeah, Well, I'll I'll send him the link now. But okay, uh, okay. we'll just keep this going. But like, if we just look at everything going on we have portland why am i even bringing them up minnesota why do i bring them up the clippers they don't even know if paul george is coming back the lakers i guess if they're on a streak but i don't think they will be um denver i'm not scared of denver without anybody else other than Jokic. like anyone could beat that team um dallas why would i believe in dallas when they always lose with chris steps and when he's out we'll get into that later but yeah why would I even believe in them? Um, then you have Utah. Why on what about Utah has inspired me to pick <laughs> them in the playoffs? Nothing, nothing at all inspires me to take Utah. Um, not yeah, even a Utah, little bit. I would not trust at all. I think I think they have a legitimate shot at beating them in yeah. the seven game. I think any team has a legitimate shot of beating Utah because they yeah. got beat by the Clippers last year without Kawhi. So, like, I think anybody has a shot against the Jazz. Anybody. The Warriors. Maybe the Warriors win, but so far this season, they've had their number. Um, and then Phoenix, like, again, if you're one of those Phoenix believers, then, yeah, like, okay, then Phoenix is the favorite. They have to be the favorite mm. at that point then for you. It yeah. can't be that Golden State's ahead of Phoenix if we think that they can have a competition against the Grizzlies and the Warriors. Like, you got to pick Phoenix at that point. So, I mean, Fair. I, I don't know, man. I think if I'm only saying that they have a chance to lose against two teams in the West – I'm going to say that they're a finals contender. It's a fair point. It's a fair point. I just, I'm, I'm wondering, you know, if this hot streak is going to cool off and they end up kind of regressing back to where we thought they were going to be this year. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, they, they do rely a lot on jaw. And if he's out for whatever reason, then, you know, like I said, I didn't even without him. It's true. It's true. I mean, let me see if I can pull up their, their schedule. Dylan Brooks see. and Desmond Bain were like literally going crazy without John Moran. Like insane. <laughs> like it was insane what they were doing. Like actually like Desmond Bain is like low key, the player I'm most excited about for Memphis. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, obviously ja, come up this year, yeah. but like Desmond Bain, man, like that's a guy to watch. Cause he's, he's been playing really well. Like arguably the second best player on that team. Yeah, and you know, I mean, looking at this this past ten games, they've actually been some pretty impressive teams. It, yeah, you know, Warriors, the 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 Suns, um, uh, Brooklyn, at Brooklyn, uh, Clippers, both both LA teams. Even though I guess, yeah, how impressive is that? I don't know, but um, you know, it's been, <laughs> it's, been, it's been an impressive streak. Um, so, you know, I'm excited. I guess the, the Warriors, uh, the Grizzlies fan inside of me. Uh, wants to temper expectations, but I mean, we'll like, see how it goes. J- like, just going back on Desmond Bain, I can't, I don't want to like stress yeah. this out too much, but like, he's only in his second year. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's and he good. went from nine yeah. points a game last year in 22 minutes to 29 minutes a game, and he's averaging 17 mm-hmm. on 46 percent mm-hmm. field goal, which is the same as last year, and he's shooting 42 percent from three at a higher volume. Right. He's making yeah. three out of seven threes a game. Like he's a shooter. Like this man is a threat. Yeah, he's certified. Yeah. Like he's certified right now. He's getting mm-hmm. five rebounds a game. He get he 
works hard on defense. Like, how can you not think that this team has a chance when guys are making developments like that? It's true. It's true. It's hard to, it's hard for me not to be excited for Grizzlies, even this year. What they kind of remind me of, and I don't want to say it's the same thing, Mm -hmm. but like, obviously different archetypes of players. They remind me of the Warriors before they won a championship. Mm, John Morant, point. John Morant, the central part of the team is a point guard. Desmond Bain, right. a second option shooter, a center like Andre, like Andrew Bogut, but Stephen Adams instead. You have uh, some sort of yeah. athleticism with right. a big like Harrison Barnes and um, Jaron Jackson. Yeah, you 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 just have these parallels, and then you have these versatile guys: Kyle Anderson, Sean Livingston. Um, you have a uh, David West, Brandon Clark. Like, there's just mm, mm. I'm not saying they're the same players, but like. It's just a, the makeup of the team makes a lot of sense for what they're doing. It, it's exciting. Yeah, it's it, it's going to be fun to watch this team kind of develop. And you know, if they if they do it this year, then you know, God, goddamn, I'll be freaking partying all night. If they fucking win a, a finals this season. Oh yeah, no, Oof. it would be insane. You won't you won't see me for a while. Um, <laughs> but uh, okay, so we got Betty back. So um, I think that wraps up. Yeah, Grizzlies talk. So, you know, we'll keep watching them. We will watch their careers with great interest. Um, did they, they might remind me real quick now that I'm back? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, <laughs> I was yeah, literally no, about no, to no, say this. Yeah. <laughs> I disconnected. That they remind me a little bit of um, like that first Dwayne Wade team before they traded for Shaq, basically, where they still had mm-hmm. guys like Lamar Odom, Eddie Jones, Brian Grant, Karan Butler. Yeah, like a young core. Yeah, I got yeah. you. That's true. Yeah, Easy was making the point that he, he feels like they remind him of the early Warriors teams. Oh, yeah, that's uh, another one, yeah. So, like, I was, you know. I was going through every single player, and it's just like, <laughs> yeah, like, it's just like such similar archetypes. It's crazy. Yeah. What, what, what the Grizzlies have done is set themselves up in a way that they can make a move like Toronto did for Kawhi mm-hmm. when that player yes, is ready. Exactly. Um, which is all you can really ask for a team like Memphis to do. Yeah. Um, going back to Cat, though, real quick. That that ain't it. <laughs> that's not. That's not Towns, the move. Yeah, that's not the move. Oh, for that, Towns. Yeah, yeah. That you're taking the ball away from Jaw. At that and point, he just wants and a free cat. Yeah, he just wants to free him. <laughs> I feel like Minnesota needs to be free of cat a little bit, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But um, I guess we'll we'll keep it moving. Um, talk about our next team out of the East, which has also been overperforming. Um, and that's, of course, is the Cleveland Cavaliers. So right now the Cavs actually sit at, let me see, at number six, so firmly in the playoff picture right now. The, the East is pretty packed, uh, five through ten, actually. Um, but they've been playing well, uh, you know, the four and six in their last ten, but overall they have a good mix of of these bigs that are just doing different things for them on the court, but doing them all well and even Kevin Love has been back and playing well as of late um you know we had they have Evan Mobley or you know he seems like a kind of a shoe-in for eh, maybe not a shoe-in for rookie of the year but definitely you know I would say top vote getter he's definitely my rookie of the year so far um Laurie Markinen's been back Jared Allen's been back Kevin Love all these bigs playing really well for them and this is all without uh if I'm not mistaken uh Collins uh Sexton has been out without Sexton so yeah. you know that's that's pretty impressive um is, is ricky rubio uh playing again or is he's, he's, he's out not, for the year? He, he tore his acl yeah. he's out for the year yeah so this is without any certified guards uh, on their <laughs> team so uh, i guess we'll see how long this lasts but wh- how, where do you guys think of them i guess in the bigger picture of the east for this season and going forward because i feel like some of this is unsustainable, but kind of the way they're playing. But at the same time, they have like all these great looking, you know, bigs. And it just feels like a throwback to, I don't know, 10 years ago with all these bigs. So uh, how do you guys feel about them? Especially uh, Mowgli, who's kind of like the, the, the real star of the show right now. Uh, easy, I'll throw it to you. Yeah. So I'm going to say Cleveland's situation is a little too good to be true. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think this is sustainable. I mean, it's fun to watch, but like, is it possible for a team to get better even though they struck out in almost every aspect in the offseason? Like, is that okay to say? <laughs> like, like, I'm not sure if that's like the right thing to say about a team that's actually doing better than last year, but like, I'm looking at their roster, right? And Evan Mobley was by far the biggest home run of all mm-hmm. time. Like that, mm-hmm. I th- and I'll get to that in a little bit, or like, I think we'll all talk about it because I think we all really like Evan Mobley. Yeah. But it's the fact that you 
got Laurie marketed who to me, he wasn't even worth getting at all personally. Um, I guess the Rubio deal was a great idea in hindsight, but now we'll see how that goes for them. Maybe if they can sustain it or not, but like you drafted last year, Isaac Okoro, not Evan Mobley. I'm talking about the year before you got Isaac Okoro. Who, what is he? Is he just a defender? Like, is he ever like, he gets like 35 minutes a game when he plays, but like, what else does he do? Will he be anything? We don't know. Um, like, I don't know. Like this team, what didn't exactly make the smartest moves in the world. No, but definitely not. They they're winning, they're they're doing the thing, and again, I think okay, like I'm not saying that this is a good thing, but like Colin Sexton not playing has allowed Darius Garland to be more of the player that he is, mm. which is a playmaker. Colin Sexton needed the ball in his hands to score. Darius Garland needs the ball in his hands to get other people involved, and I think that's another reason why they've gotten a lot better. In addition to having Ricky Rubio as the backup, that was prime for them. Um, and Jared Allen, Jared Allen is a beast. Like that guy's that guy's a certified beast, and I think what's great about what's working for them is that Evan Mobley isn't limited to playing center. Like everybody kind of thought everybody was like, how would that work with Jared Allen? If they're both like tall and like they play defense. Well, like, no, Evan Mobley is that adaptable guy. Like he, it turns out this guy is actually going to be here for a very long time in this league. Um, At the very worst as a defensive menace averaging 15 and eight in his rookie year, he's already doing that. So it's like, I I love Evan Mobley. I, even before the draft, I was talking that like between Jalen Green and Evan Mobley, like I'm not saying Houston should have gone Evan Mobley, but like there definitely should have been a conversation about that mm-hmm. just because of like the way he impacts the court. Yeah, I think he's more of a special player than than Green is. And Green is, has been good. Um, he's been up and out, but yeah, I think he, he will be a good player. Um, but Evan Mobley's like a seven foot unicorn looking like a Kevin Garnett out there. I mean, it's those players are very hard to come by they're not available in every draft um i guess what what concerns me about cleveland in terms of sustainability is just their commitment to allen and marketing long term i think you know allen's been good i really like allen i liked him back in in brooklyn um but he's there he's getting paid 20 million a year they have marketing at you know between 16 and 18 a year over the next three years um so they're committing a lot of money to their front court. Kevin Love is off the books after next season, um, which you know Not I thought they doesn't they he have him. doesn't he have a player option next year? Um, from what I'm seeing, it's it's guaranteed. It's not a not a player option. Damn. So okay. yeah, so if, <laughs> yes, the, 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 these next sixty sixty million dollars that he's making from this year and next season, they're that's all guaranteed. Is he a free um, agent after the season? Then I thought he had. A- yeah, he's locked up through 23 from what I'm saying oh, okay, okay, basketball okay. reference. Yeah, 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 yeah that's, so. that's what I thought, okay. Yeah, after next season is when he's, he's right, right, right. a free agent, which, you know, I doubt they re-sign him. He's the sixth man of the year, right? He might be. Is he? Over Tyler? <laughs> I don't yeah, know that, that. That, that's the one that I was thinking about. I wouldn't have him yeah. over Tyler, but, I, but hasn't, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. He's not someone that you probably would have thought would be in the conversation, I guess. Yeah, yeah I don't that's think the any thing. of us thought he was going to be in the conversation. We didn't exactly. pick him. Right, and, you know... Again, going forward, you know, for this, I'll pose this question to you, Benny. I mean, we have this money locked up to these bigs. Um, they don't have, uh, you know, Colin Sexton hopefully comes back next year and they're better. But is are they a, a move or two away from being, you know, a cut above everybody else in the East or getting to that, you know, echelon of, of good teams in the East? Or are they kind of, you know still a middling team even if they they make a move oh, how, how do you feel about i guess the Cavs overall and what they should do going forward well first off i'm just as surprised as probably anybody that chetty osman is still here <laughs> <laughs> Le- lebron's pet chetty <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh my god i i really sucks that sexton got hurt because i really would like to see they yes. obviously they, they've been they've been good the whole season it's not like they started at least their record has been good all season. It's not like they started being good yeah. now. So I would have liked to see them going with Sexton this whole entire run. Um, as far as what they need, um, like I, I would like more athletic wings, especially a defensive. I don't think they need scoring as far as much as I like it with Mobley developing. And then they have Garland. Sexton is going to come back. Those guys can score. Even Jared Atlanta is very good around the basket. So I, I guess Kevin Love is here for now. All those guys can score. I would like them to see for me to like even trust them to get out of the first round. I would like to see better athletic wing play defensively. 
I guess that's kind of what they're banking on Okoro to be, right? But yeah, to, well, Okoro's kind of already that. Yeah, but he's the only one that I see, at least from yeah, what he's I the can only remember. One. Exactly. He's the only one. Yeah, and he's very well. It's, it's not Shetty. Right. It's not Shetty. It's definitely not Shetty. <laughs> yeah. not Shetty. Dean yeah. Wade. <laughs> oh, I've seen Dean Wade get way too many 30 minute games this season. It's crazy. It's crazy. And it's that's not okay. Yeah. Like, what Again, this is why I can't trust the team, though. Like, you're giving Dean Wade 30 minutes a game, marking and shooting only 40%, 30 from three. Like, this is not sustainable. Like, this is not good. For what they have now, I'm, what they're going to roll with, they're probably not going to make a move. For what they're going to roll with, I maybe around the seven to eight is where I could see them ending up by the end of the season. Yeah. It's just as, as, much as, I, as much as we've been criticizing Boston, it's just really hard to see a world where they finish 10th. I, I could see them go to maybe that seventh spot as well. And then Cleveland would eventually fall off. Like we're all expecting. Mm. But... <laughs> no, Hey, it's just, it's just this, to me, this is as good as it gets for them. To me, this is as good. Yeah. As it gets for them. At least yeah. this season, this is as good for as this it season. Gets. Right. For this season, this is as yeah. good as it gets for them. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like considering the teams below them, they're, they're pretty solidly in that six mix to your point, Benny, like, uh, you know, how yeah. many of those teams below them are going to jump. Um, but yeah, I mean, long-term it'll be interesting to see how they handle all these big because like like we're talking about Mobley's thriving in a you know definitely not an mm-hmm. ideal situation sharing the floor with these guys um and without really a true point guard um even though Carl and I am surprised by that fit at least when they play together Mobley and Allen. yeah yeah I'm surprised it by works that. surprisingly well uh, because very, Mobley very is very throwback yes because Mobley's very versatile and yeah willing and, you know to yeah. play with them yeah and what I was gonna say is that like like we always talk, like you're talking about Mobley as the generational talent. I wish I would have hyped him up a little bit more. Like I, I thought he was going to be great. I just didn't think he would be generational, yeah, but I think he either. has a chance to be generational. Mm-hmm. And I guess like the thing that I always overrate is free throw percentage when it comes to like potential to become a shooter, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. He's only shooting 29% from three this season because, you know, he's not a, really a shooter, but he's shooting On less than two from, attempts. Right. Right. And like, I'm also thinking like his free throw percentage, even though it's only like three a game, you shoot 73. That's not yeah. bad. That that you can work with that. That's yeah. not like a problem. Um, so like as an offensive standpoint, with his length, if he ever learns how to shoot better or at least consistently, for sure. My God, like that's terrifying. How and, is he? And, you know, is he this like is 19? why, yeah, he is sure. he is uh 20. He's, He's 20 years 20. old. Like, yeah. come on. Are you kidding? It's crazy. And this is why you gotta you gotta be a willing shooter in the NBA because you have to develop that early, uh, so you can get those payoffs like you're talking about easy where you're you know yeah. if you do develop then this guy's gonna be an animal. So um, definitely very excited for Cleveland to have somebody like this. Uh, you know after cycling through LeBron and you know <laughs> kind of floundering with Sexton and Garland now they have Mobley so we'll see how that core of young talent develops all um, these guys all these guys fell on their lap like Garland yeah Sexton, I, was they really say, Mobley. I think they that's really what frustrates did. me the most is that exactly Cleveland didn't yeah. have the number one pick and mm. they still got the best player in the draft like at least they for this year them. they still got the best player and Kobe like, Altman yeah. who just got the extension and this is where he's gonna have to prove why he got that extension because I'm not convinced by Kobe Altman but this is where he's going to have to show prove that that is a good that that was a good investment by Cleveland because you look at basically the other two big moves that he's made for this roster I guess marketing and Allen you could throw Rubio in there I'll give him Rubio but mm-hmm. yeah you know the rest of the team it's well I don't like it but yeah well, yeah it's kind of hard to give a guy credit when his two big moves to like you said is signing marketing yeah. and exactly. Allen and you still have Kevin Love so it's exactly. it's, it's really weird and then nah, you draft well, Mobley it's, to me you know, like. This is the first thing this guy needs to do in the offseason before it goes down. Sexton and Laurie need to go. You need to trade them. Yeah. Like, yeah. don't even have, like, Laurie's value is so bad right now. Mm-hmm. Like, Laurie is not a good player. No. Like, not in he, this system. Not a winning player. Not a winning player. He's not, yeah. it's not that he's just not a winning player. Yeah. He's not scoring. Like, he can't score. Like, I almost yeah. prefer having Kevin right. Love. Because at I, least I mean, he can yeah, shoot. I would rather have Kevin Love. And he can get rebounds. Minutes. If they're yeah. both not going to play defense, and you're trying to win, you keep Kevin Love because Laurie can't play defense. So if you're gonna have no def- if you're not gonna have any defense, you might as well have the guy that can shoot. Yeah. Like and, and I, I think he's he's the one who's the odd man out with these bigs yeah. at the end and, of the day. He, and he's now not with, adjusting. And with Sexton, 
I know that we, you guys might've been a little bit excited to see him and Garland, but I think he limits Garland's potential. Like I want to see what Garland can do. I think Sexton is more of just a, like, he's just a pure score. Yeah. And like, yeah, he was getting better every year, but at the same time, the team wasn't getting better with him. The team got better without him. Like if we're being honest with ourselves, the team has played better without him. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to see him come back and see what he can do now with, with Mobley being more of the focus, but it's it so far the evidence is pointing to what you're saying where it's, yeah. you know if you're going to choose one maybe you want to choose Garland instead of Sexton yeah and the way to package Lori is you're going to have to package Sexton with him mm. before um that huge extension comes in for Sexton um I'm right. not sure if they extended him yet or if they're going to have to but that's going to be around 20 mil um oh yeah I, I think I so think they have, which, no they haven't yet well they they could extend because it's the restricted and yeah. they own the cap, right? So they could technically go over the cap for Sexton, but I don't think you would want to go over the cap for Laurie and Sexton. You got to trade them. Um, yeah. Whether it's for draft capital, whether it's for another overpaid guy like Tobias Harris. Um, <laughs> no, it, it's up to them. Tobias Harris but, would be an upgrade over Larry Market in at least. But I mean, yeah, definitely <laughs> would be an upgrade. Yeah, actually Sexton... Is is that the third team? Is that the third is, team we're at? Is that the third team? <laughs> it, it, maybe, maybe it, it maybe may Sexton's actually a free agent after this year if they don't extend him. Well, restricted, so, right? Yeah, restricted. Yeah. So I'm very curious to see what he gets now. It'll be interesting. Yeah, I mean, he's gonna. I can see him signing a, a prove it deal, maybe like a one year. That is such know. a horrible idea for him. It, it would be, but the thing is, are they are you know Cleveland should not be offering him an ex, a, oh no, a I agree. at all. Like so as a maybe team, a like, year, you know, can you imagine a prove it deal? Like when has a prove it deal ever actually worked? <laughs> I mean, I think it could. It's just, you know, coming off like, of his injury is going to be difficult. But like, think about it though. Name me a player who had a prove it. That he actually proved it. <laughs> <laughs> he actually, he actually pulled through and proved it. Can, yeah. Yeah. Can I add Dennis Schroeder to the list here? <laughs> sure yeah absolutely i mean freaking yeah. he, he had an extension yeah. with the lakers he's like you know what i'm gonna keep proving it this year and, and i'm gonna get even more money hard. and i was getting yeah. paid like five mil a year yeah <laughs> for sad. one year that's not even sad. more than one year it's a tragedy honestly montrez harrell montrez harrell how about him he had a huge extension for yeah. the clippers and he ended up saying no <laughs> went to the lakers now he's worth nothing like yeah yeah the prove it deals are awful so i hope sexton doesn't do that for his sake but what's good for him is that in restricted free agency, all it takes is another team making an offer. So right. he has flexibility to ask for anything from any 30 teams. It's not like he's asking teams to sign him. Like if they want mm-hmm. him, they'll pay a certain amount. So I guess that's good for him. But in terms of Cleveland, this is as good as it's going to get this year. I don't, they can't get any better than this. I don't think without Rubio. It's going to take a while, you know, once Mobley develops more. Yeah. They, they kind of sure. get rid of the, the Kevin Love money then, then maybe. But yeah, it's, I think I agree with you. I think, Going forward, it's going to be tough. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think uh, we'll move on. I guess. Did you guys want to talk about Dallas? Uh, I think we had some some thoughts about kind of <laughs> where their season's going, <laughs> and specifically with with Luca. I think it's been an interesting, yeah. uh, an interesting season for him. They've been better with him on the court, obviously. But I guess I'll start here. I mean, this is a guy who I guess had kind of first team all NBA expectations going through the season, but I'm not putting him there. Um, I'm curious to see if if you guys feel like he's deserving of a first team all NBA spot so far through this kind of halfway point in the season and, and where you feel about, I guess, Luca and Dallas going forward. It feels like they're, they're regressing instead of progressing. Right. That makes sense. So I guess easy. I'll throw to you. How do you feel about Luca in the, in the maps? I mean, Luca's having a bad season. Um, yeah, compared to his other years, he's not showing the development that we were expecting. I think that's one and due to injury, um, a little bit, just not being comfortable. Well, another thing, it's a new coach, um, Jason Kidd, which I've always said is not good, a good, not a good coach. Um, right. so there, there's that. Um, and it, he's a product of the environment that he's in. Like we keep talking, we, we talked about this in the off season. What has Dallas done to make Luca a better player? around him what have they done has anything changed since luca came into the league if anything they've gotten rid of uh <laughs> some good, good pieces instead of retaining them like seth curry and these like, players exactly like yeah. they have done nothing to help this man so it's gotten to yeah. a point where he's trying to do too much and he's suffering for it 
defensively, he's not going to get much better than what he is right now because that this is who Luca is. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, like I still think he's a great player. He's having a down year, but this is more to me. This is more about Dallas being the issue than Luca. And I think Luca is mm. getting frustrated. I think Luca is. I mean, Luca was frustrated even before with Rick Carlisle on the team, um, and what was happening there. And he was playing some of his best basketball with Rick Carlisle. So. I can't even imagine what that guy's going through this season where it's the same story. It's the team with the same record around the four to five range. They're going to go into the first round of the playoffs. He's going to be doing a crazy amount of stuff in the first three quarters. And then the fourth quarter he's not going to play well because he gets tired. Because any yeah. player would, and they're going to lose in the first round to whether it's Denver, whether it's to Memphis, they're going to lose in the first round. And I'm curious to see what's going to happen after that, because Dallas really just does not care about making moves to help Luca like at all. And this goes back to my point before the pod that they're winning without Porzingis. Mm. I'm not saying that's the solution, but I know Porzingis isn't going to be the best, the second or third best player on a team with Luca contending. Like that's just not going to work. Well, I think that's a good way to frame the question. And I'll, I'll ask it to you, Benny is, is, is what you're talking about easy, right? Like who do you, Who's who's more responsible for for this mess? Is it is it Dallas or is it Luca? Obviously, I think most of us would say Dallas. I I think the one thing I'll I'll throw against Luca and then Benny, you can hit on this too. He came into the season out of shape. Um, it feels like he's not taking the off season super seriously. You know, he, he, what do you have had that ankle injury? Regardless of the shape he was in, probably I don't like to say that injuries are attributed solely to like being in shape coming into the season because at the end of the day, it's a long season. These guys are running up and down the court uh, for you know, 40 minutes a night. But I do think in terms of his preparation, in terms of not being able to kind of click with Porzingis, um, it's an X's and O's thing with the with the coaches, but I think some of that also falls on Lucas' shoulders. So I'm curious, Benny, kind of how you view this uh, balance between, you know, what Luca brings to the table and what Dallas has been doing for him. A little bit, a little bit is going to fall on Luca. Uh you know, him being frustrated isn't Dallas has shown him that him showing his frustrations is not going to make them change anything. So it's really only going to affect him. Cause like you said, he was motivated to come into the season fit. So he was unhealthy and then he gets hurt probably due to the fact that he came into the season a little bit out of shape. But I think part of his frustration, obviously because his team hasn't been good, hasn't been competitive when he's not in it, but he's probably also looking around the league and even in his own conference at players that came in, if not at the same time, maybe a little bit before or, or even a little bit after him. And he's seeing players on those teams already have more success than he's had. Like mm-hmm. players like like John Moran, when has, when has correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think the, the Memphis Grizzlies are 29 and 14. I don't think Luca has ever been on a team that's 29 and 14. I could be wrong, but no, if he has, definitely yeah, definitely yeah, exactly. Not. He's looking at <laughs> John, John Moran. He's saying like, wow, John Moran might actually win a playoff series this year mm-hmm. before me, basically. You know, Trey Young last year, right? Yeah, guys I mean, like Trey Young. Yeah. Trey Young, that exactly. Didn't even have one. anything crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, literally the same, the same draft class and everything. Trey Young. Yep. They, they were traded for each other, basically. Yeah, yeah. You, the yep. Utah Jazz. He's probably looking at Donovan Mitchell as well. He's Donovan Mitchell's already had more success than he has in the playoffs. He's had better teams. Even Golden State Warriors, and I was thinking of the even like even Wiseman's gonna have is gonna have more playoff <laughs> more playoff success by the end of the season than, than Luca. The Phoenix Suns. He's looking at Devin Booker. He made the finals last year. And he's he's thinking like he's probably thinking to himself, I'm better than all these players Mm -hmm. and I can't show that because my own franchise isn't helping me. So I'm sure a lot of his frustration stems from that. I would obviously put most of the blame on Dallas, though. Yeah, I think for sure. I I definitely agree with that. I mean, when you look at their roster outside of Chris Stapps, when he's available, I mean, who's their second best player? Jalen Brunson. Tim Hardaway, like what is that? His backup his, is his, his backup, best, exactly. his, his backup. best player. Like, <laughs> and, and that's because he's doing like a Luca impression, like after the game, like, you know right. what I mean? So it's, it's really Mavericks. Bleak. The Mavericks as a franchise frustrate me so much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's insane. Cause to me, like we can talk about Luca being out of shape, but like what has Dallas done to make this man want to play 82 games for this team? Exactly. exactly. What has this team done? It's the same team every year. Dorian Finney-Smith, Dwight Powell, <laughs> Tim Hardaway Jr., Chris Stapps Porzingis, Maxi Kleber. Yeah. Um, Willie, Willie Cauley-Stein is still on this uh, roster. Or he, he got cut, but he was there. Um, yeah. Trey Burke on and off. 
uh, Boban. Like, this team is the same for four years. <laughs> yeah, two all guys like Brandon Knight and Sterling Brown and Frank Nilakina. Like, how? Like, how I, is, I get they needed to do that for the COVID like thing. Like, I get yeah, they needed to add yeah. players, but like, how have you told me that you have had four years with Luca? And my best players are still Chris Steps, Porzingis, and Tim Hardaway Jr. From a trade John that Russell. was yeah. from a trade that has looked now not like the greatest move in the world. Like it's not like the Knicks lost that trade. Like <laughs> Definitely nobody, not. nobody won that trade now. <laughs> so it's like, like how, how yeah. like if I'm Luca and I'm looking at this roster, I'm like, okay, they fired my coach. Great. New scheme, sick. How much is this scheme? How much is this actual talent? Like, I got beat by the Clippers last year twice. I keep getting beat by the same team. Help me, <laughs> like, please. Yeah, yeah. I think Luca's frustration will definitely continue to boil. Uh, I'm getting you know, frustrated. I'm not I mean, even a Mavs I, fan. I feel so I don't bad. Even for like the Mavs. I didn't expect this conversation to go for me like feeling really bad for Luca, but it feels I personal. Feel really bad for Luca. It, yeah. Yeah, it is it personal. Yeah. You traded up to get me, and then you do nothing. <laughs> you don't give me anything. Like, to why did play? you do this to me? Like, yeah. Heavy, heavy LeBron in Cleveland those first eight years or seven. Oh years, yeah. Whatever this, it was. yeah, it's heavy just really vibes. bad. It's it's mm-hmm. it's a bad team. Like and like to Benny's point, which he's saying, all of his peers are having success early. Like Atlanta's not doing well now, but last year they made conference finals. James Wiseman doesn't play, and he's gonna make the fucking conference finals <laughs> this year probably. Um, Donovan Mitchell, you have uh, Lamelo Ball with the Hornets is doing better than the Mavericks in, in the mm-hmm. in the grand mm-hmm. scheme of like potential. Like there's hope. Like I right. look at the Mavericks and I'm like, there is no hope. I look at the Hornets and I'm like, oh, you know, like they're an up and coming team. I'd rather be an up and coming team or at least be on an up and coming team than be a team that has been the same for four years, four yeah. years. Do you know where we were four years ago? I was a junior <laughs> undergrad. <laughs> I'm finishing my master's now. And Luca is still doing the same thing. Are you kidding me? It's wild, man. Rant over. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's very frustrating and I, I don't know how you fix this team. I guess you know, because they're not willing to bottom out either. Is the other thing too, right? Like they're not willing to tank and get high draft picks. That's never been how the Mavericks have operated. They only did and that for Luca. They'll never do they it. They only did that for Luca. Yeah, <laughs> don't see them doing it again anytime soon. And it's not like you can just like say, okay, Luca and Jalen Brunson, those are our two guys going forward. You know, it, you just can't, especially with Chris Stapps on the roster. Uh, it's gonna be heavy, heavy, heavy going the next couple of years. So. Um, I don't know if you guys had any any more thoughts on the Mavs. Um, light a candle for my boy Luca. It's got to be a lot. <laughs> yeah, pray pray for the boy. All right. So, <laughs> uh, I don't I don't remember if we had anything else on the docket that I want to talk about. Do you guys have any other kind of like uh, takes? We're halfway through the season. I think most teams have played forty one games by now. Um, I think next week we'll probably t- do our our you know I guess mid season all star kind of projections and all nba and those type of things but are there any yeah. other takes you want to talk, you guys want to get out before we wrap up here um do we want to do projections now or do we want to do that next week i think we could wait another week yeah. yeah 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 um in that case i'm gonna let's end this on my must not watch league pass um list absolutely so we have um the rockets obviously and the pistons those were obvious choices um <laughs> the magic Add them to the list. Franz Wagner is a lot of fun, but nothing about that team is fun. So you can you can choose to never watch them ever again. You won't lose anything. Light a candle for Franz. Light a candle for Franz. It's going to be a long few years um, with 20-point guards on his roster. Um, <laughs> then we've got uh, OKC. You can stop watching them. Mm-hmm. Um, they're competitive, but I'm just not inspired watching them. Not. <laughs> they don't um, elicit an emotion. At all. Stop watching the Pelicans. Stop watching the Pelicans. If you were watching Pelicans basketball beforehand, even without Zion, get help. You, yeah. you need it. Yeah. Um you can get you can get rid of the Indiana Pacers. Um they're just boring. They're just not fun. They have a guy injured every week. They're never healthy. Don't waste your time. You don't want to watch I don't even know this guy's name, Sykes, O'Shea Brissett. Like I'm watching just guys that should not be on a court. For a team that's like trying to make playoffs, so you you can tune out of that. Um, I guess coming up, 
a team to like that might be eliminated next might be the New York Knicks just because it's so frustrating mm-hmm. to watch them. Like I, 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 like it's not even that I don't feel an emotion. Is that I get frustrated watching New York basketball. They're either the greatest team on earth or they are thirtieth. Yeah, you can Boston. only watch Alec Burks get serious minutes for so long. So <laughs> yeah, like has Boston I, made that list then? Oh, but so like they're basically the Knicks, but like they actually have two guys <laughs> that I believe in. Um, so like I'm not gonna say Boston just because Tatum and Brown are actually fun players, like. They're like, yeah, talented. you'll 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 watch them if they're on TV. Right. Sure. Like if I'm yeah. if I'm if I turn on the Knicks and I see like Julius Randle, RJ Barrett, and I turn on the Celtics and I see Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, I'll be like, oh wow, you know, that yeah. Knicks game isn't so good. Let me check yeah, out Boston. I agree with that. <laughs> like, so yeah, those are my must not watch. Keep an eye on the Knicks. They might be next. Um, but yeah, definitely don't watch those other six teams I mentioned. Yeah, agreed. Uh I think the only other thing I, I want to mention because we talked about it before the pod was uh, was Kyle Kuzma and the Wizards. Uh, oh, I mean, this guy had a 2020 game the <laughs> other day, and I think we, uh, Benny, you kind of you hit it. We, we were talking about it before, but I mean, basically, if we we kind of thought of a new award, which is like the Jeremy Lin uh, Streak of the Year Award, and Kyle Kuzma for sure got that shit locked up this year. I don't think anybody's gonna have a better <laughs> oh, whatever week than he had. This, we know, don't have to wait to the end of the season. Yeah, he just awarded right now. I mean, yeah. the 2022 Jimmy Lin Award. Yeah, the 2022 <laughs> Jimmy Lin Award goes to Kyle Kuzma. <laughs> oh, incredible. All right, our first award here on Three Award, the Jeremy Lin it. 2022 Award. Historic, <laughs> historic. <laughs> inaugural, inaugural. Well, I guess Jeremy Lin's the namesake. I don't know. Whatever. Anyways, um, hope he's doing so, well. I was, dude. I was <laughs> literally about to say that. Hope he's doing well. <laughs> so, yeah, light a candle for your boy. Um, <laughs> Still think we need to light a bigger one for Luca, but <laughs> <laughs> to set fire to your Christmas tree. Um, <laughs> but um, I think that does it for us. Uh, we're back. Can't wait to to put on more content for you. It's been a really great season. So uh, thanks for listening as always. Be sure to follow us on Instagram. And for Ben and Easy, I'm Mike. Thanks for listening.